from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Well, Ursula, that 9 o'clock went off. It was pretty colorful all through the show. All <laughs> At 9 o'clock hour, I'm telling you right now. Good morning to you, Ursula. Good morning. Hey, if you missed any of that 9 o'clock hour, just a reminder that you yeah. can listen to all of the hours of our show yes. later on Yes. on our podcasts, where anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, frankly, you'll be helping us out a lot if you do. And while you're at it, if you listen on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, leave a review um, because I have loved reading the reviews of some of our regular listeners Mm -hmm. and uh, you all are kind and we appreciate you. Also, just a reminder, we have the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. What's new at 10? So we want to talk about the Stripper's Bill of Rights because, yes, that is a thing. And adult dancers here in our state are pushing hard to pass that Bill of Rights, which would limit fees that clubs can charge dancers. It would also mandate an on-duty security guard, and it would require sexual harassment training for club employees. They're also pushing for, so there's a bunch of different things that was kind of put into this bill. They're also pushing for legal alcohol sales in clubs. And some of these dancers are speaking out and they're sharing some of their thoughts. And we thought it would be really important for you to hear because I think this is uh, a segment of our population that we don't hear a lot from. And uh, four of these dancers sat down with Joyce Taylor at King 5 News to share different things like what got them into the industry, what they feel needs to change, and the stigma surrounding their profession. So this is Casey, who is an engineer and University of Washington professor. She says she started dancing to support her family of three adults. I started dancing at 18. I was a full-time student at the University of Washington at the time. It was in 2007. Everyone in my family was unable to earn an income, and so my choices were drop out of school or find a job that would allow me to stay in school and support, at that time, three adults and my younger sister. I now am a professor at the University of Washington. I worked in tech for about 10 years at you know Google and Microsoft and things like that, and honestly, dancing's still my favorite job. Okay, so that was Casey. Now, this is uh, a a woman named Recluse, who is a single mom who says she started dancing to support herself and her child. I was homeschooled, never got a diploma, so I pretty much have no formal education. I had a kid and a very difficult pregnancy, and after that, I knew that I couldn't go back to the low the low wage jobs and support the two of us so i got on a greyhound bus walked into a club and got hired right off the bat and it was that first night was some of the most fun i've ever had i came away at the end of the night looked at the money in my hands and i was like i should have done this a long time ago well she says dancing is the last resort and keeps women inside and off the streets no matter what any of the viewers think, no matter what people think, there is a fact that certain women just can't get other jobs, that this is a last resort, and then the resort after that is working on the street. 
Okay, and uh, Casey, who you heard from earlier, uh, who was the engineer and University of Washington professor, she says these adult venues actually provide a form of community connection. This is the safe place. We are professionals. We as humans, we need connection. We need intimacy. And the role that we play in a lot of times is really lovely. I have such deep, lovely relationships with some of my customers who frankly can only have that interaction because of the dynamic of the strip club. So uh, again, so there's this uh, proposed legislation that would provide a number of things, including um, on-the-job sexual harassment training for club employees, which I think that feels like in many ways a no-brainer, although I'm sure that there is this idea that, hey, they're putting it all out there and now they want sexual harassment training. Yes, it, it just, because your dancing does not mean that people have the right to harass you. Mm. Um, you 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 know that this topic is right up my alley, right? Now, how so? Well, here's how so. The reason why that strippers don't have the protection is because of stigmas that people have. Because we have so many people who, even though it doesn't impact them at all, even though they don't go to the strip club, their husband might, but they don't. Even if they don't go to the strip club. It bothers them that someone else is making money in this profession. Once we get rid of these stigmas, and by the way, stigmas and other things in this world are the reason why we have so many problems today because of stigmas. Remember we were talking about child care and things? We still have people that just believe that people are just out here having kids just to make money. Stigmas. Mm -hmm. And in this case, stigmas. In the state of Washington— the only state in the country that does not serve alcohol with strippers in the same place. So do you know what that means? That means we have, I don't know how many strip clubs there are, 13, 14. I think there were 11. I, I, I believe they said 11. Okay. And, and Matt corrected me. Matt Markovich, our reporter, corrected me because I said the same thing. I think there are several other states that have the same. But in any case, we're in the minority when it comes to uh, serving alcohol. The idea being, if you serve alcohol, then you're going to have drunken people who are around, you know, practically naked women, and uh, they're going to be behaving badly. But all they're doing is drinking out in the bar- parking lot. Right. And so, basically, we have 11 or so strip clubs in the state of Washington that make their money solely on the women. Because they ain't making it off Sprites and Diet Pepsis. That's right. You know what I mean? They are strictly making it off the women. So we can do this all day long and people, but again, there are stigmas that make people believe once they find out that that person is a stripper, society looks down on them. They won't look down on somebody marrying a man for money, but they'll look down on a or a man marrying a woman for money. Gonna make it equal now. Or, you know what I mean? Or they won't look down they look down on the stripper. So the reason why this topic is near and dear to me, here's my whole point. Stigma. Stigma on different topics are really holding us back in society. Mm-hmm. And I just want it to stop. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I understand and I understand your passion and I understand exactly what you're saying. But I also think it's human nature. We have opinions on 
certain things. It breaks my heart that someone feels like they have to sell their body. I look at strippers and and, and and women in strip clubs very differently from women I see, young women I see walking on Aurora, which I, I think is a much bigger issue. Uh, what what happens here, um, they are choosing, they need to be protected. They are choosing to, to provide this form of entertainment. If that's what they do, they sh- absolutely should be protected. If that makes sense. I'm, so, what's, but, so, what's, so what's been the holdup? What's been the holdup? I think stigmas, st- exact stigmas, and a lack of prioritizing. I, I again, w- as society, all of the topics that we talk about all the time, and when there is a problem, and we want protection for everyone, but we don't want protection if you do this profession because I don't think that you should do this profession. Well, if they want to do that profession, let them do that profession. And I don't look down on anyone that chooses to be a sex worker. I don't look down on anybody that chooses to be a stripper. The same way I don't look at, down on anybody that deserves, uh, decides to flip hamburgers. Like, our stigmas and how we view people that do certain professions should not it's, deny them the rights and or the protections that they should be afforded. That I 100% agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, good for King 5 News also to allow the, the women to share. Because I, I, I am sure that there's some people who are listening going, wait a minute, a University of Washington professor who is an engineer who says her favorite job is dancing in the clubs. That's what shocked me is uh, hearing the joy in a couple of those women's voices when they talk about their work and them saying that there's, you know, community connections that happen within clubs. I kind of scoffed at that initially, but then I realized like how many lonely people there are out in our society. And for some people, the venue that they go to is the coffee shop where yes. they know the the barista's name. Right. And for some people, it's a casino where they know the dealer's name. And for some people, it's an adult venue. Right. And I, I guess I can't sneer at that because I think it's real. Some yeah. people like to go to bars and drink. Yeah. Right? Hopefully you ain't driving. Exactly. Mm. Okay. Hey, something came up during the State of the City address that Mayor Harrell did yesterday mm-hmm. that we didn't get around to. So we talked the about the, the prospect of the NBA. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. You gave an A, I gave a B minus. <laughs> and actually, after seeing what happened in my neighborhood with this um, you gave it a C? crime, I, you now gave I'm it a at C? a C plus. <laughs> do, you, do, you grade, do you grade that on, on a curve compared to other cities? Like, is there a city in the United States that's like, like way better than Seattle? I was trying to think who would deserve an A mm. right now. Yeah. I got to think about that one. So, I got to think about take that you a while. one. I did it yesterday. Yeah. It's going to take you a while. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Um, But so Mayor Harrell mentioned a a, a couple of things. Over the last several years, despite hardships and challenges, we've pushed forward. We've pushed forward with almost relentlessly. Uh, But we know there's so much more work to do. The state of our city, if one was to ask us, I would describe it as being persistent, um, pioneering. Persistent and pioneering. Thought that was interesting. Two interesting words to 
to uh, describe the city of Seattle. What words would you use to describe the city of Seattle today? You can text us that. But I wanted to bring up something else because uh, he mentioned the $250 million budget shortfall that the city is facing and how that would be addressed. The size of this deficit means we will have difficult financial decisions ahead. And while there are some who would suggest that the answer lies in new revenue, the fact is that passing a new or expanding tax would not address the fundamental issues needed to close this gap in the long run. To how we budget, without changes with how we think about budgeting. This problem will occur again and again and again for the city for years to come. Delivering a sustainable, balanced budget is a basic responsibility of city government. Okay, you can't you, disagree you, with that. Did you hear what I heard? Mm-hmm. That the default was not necessarily going to be to find a new revenue a.k.a. increase taxes, Mm -hmm. that maybe, just maybe, you have to look at taking out things that you don't need in that budget. Responsible budgets. Like, for an example, when when you say responsible budget, I know what you're thinking. I know, I already know, you're thinking right now. You're thinking what I'm thinking. You're thinking about the drug czar, right? With the office. You think about yeah. that kind of budget. You know what I mean? That kind of responsibility. Yeah. I will never live that that one down. I cannot believe the city of Seattle hired a drug czar and had an office. <laughs> Lord, a waterfront view. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking. What you thinking? That Mayor Harrell might have something in common with this guy. Read my lips. <laughs> 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 That's a, okay. Is that got, the, is that yeah, the same that. guy that uh, uh, that uh, ordered that drug buy right before he got on TV? Remember, he had to uh, uh, person uh, buy some drugs in front of the White House. Yeah, that's a, look that story out when you get a chance. But go ahead. So uh, I'm just wondering. Um, uh. Because I know that Mayor Harrell or people in his office listen, and I, I, I hope that we're not reading into this incorrectly. But uh, kudos if we're not going to go direct straight to the idea of let's just raise more taxes because we have another budget shortfall. Uh, I love the idea of uh, looking at a few other things. So for that, I give an A. How's that? I, I mean, look, Ursula, you, you live here. You work here. All that good stuff. Seattle. How's, how's, how's the mayor doing as a mayor of Seattle? Since we're, since we're judging, I am, I, you're judging the how's he time, doing? For the first time in a long time, I am optimistic. For the first time in a long time, I'm optimistic, not just with Mayor Harrell, but also the direction that our current city council, the new makeup of the city council, gives me reason for hope. And you want to know why you're doing that? You want to know why it's easy to do that? Because you are comparing Bruce Harrell and the city council compared to, to what we just Mayor had. Durkin and right? to Ed Murray. Now yes. I need you guys to judge Seattle based on other yeah, I cities still, I, in I'm the country. I'm still not going to give San a- Fran, L.A., New York, <laughs> Chicago, all the Houston, Las Vegas, yeah. all the different I think, cities. I think Seattle has the potential to be an A-plus city. It's just How's the median we're income? not there. We're not there. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, we're not there. Okay, uh, one more. Kirkland-based smart home device maker Wise, which was all the rage a few years ago, but Uh now they're warning their customers of a glitch that allowed security cam owners to see, get this, into other people's homes. So Chelsea Allen of South Bend, Indiana, reached out to Cairo 7 News when her home security footage displayed another woman in her own home in another time zone. Whoa. Mm. If I got to see something that was just a regular lady walking around, 
what was somebody else seeing? So that was also the disgust right there. Okay, and what was frustrating is that she was not able to get a hold of anyone from WISE to report this problem. It could be thousands of people seeing inside someone else's home. And so Cairo 7 TV's Brittany Tulis visited the WISE office in Kirkland, but uh, also had problems trying to find someone who could help. Hello? Hello? Excuse me. Hello? Okay, apparently the offices were kind of empty. So one employee eventually told her that she didn't know anything about the security camera issue. Now, over 13,000 customers were able to see footage from other users' cameras. And now WISE has finally issued an apology, blaming a third-party caching client library and increased demand. Like, other, in other words, whoops. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, though. It was almost one of those too-good-to-be-trues. Those WISE cameras were cheap, cheap, cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're facing class action lawsuits for other security related issues. It's like, be careful with you. Yeah. Sometimes it's just too good to be true. 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 Ursula, did you hear about the uh, Airbnb situation? There's a couple. I, I got one minute to explain this. Don't worry. I got you. Um, right now, this guy is suing uh, Airbnb and he's also suing a super host out in Mississippi. And what happened was is the fiasco started because the super host charged him for extra damages and, and charges. You know, sometimes you don't clean up and do the right things. So there was a, a, a charge and he didn't want to pay. And so he refused to pay. So the owner of the Airbnb sent an email, a photo of who he was with at the Airbnb to his wife. Ooh. So, just talking about cameras in this situation. Dang. Quick question. Is that wrong of the super host to do that? The person won't pay them money. So, yeah, what they did other- was, is they said, oh, okay, I'm going to take footage of you and this other woman that you're with, and I'm going to send it to your wife. Is that bad? Yeah. Chef, is that bad? Uh... That's cool. <laughs> I'll rule. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Ursula, hey, coming up next, I can't believe you want to do this with me. There are three things to never do at work according to an HR professional. Let's see how if I can pass these next. Gene Ursula. This is the G and Ursula show. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Join us on the G and Ursula show Facebook page. If you haven't already, make Hurry sure up. you follow us. Uh, a bunch up. of you are posting that you too drive around in an old jalopy like I do. <laughs> <laughs> did you, what, what did you notice though about people posting and about how they hang on to their cars? Am I allowed to say it? Yes, it's true. You, and you promise you won't say sweeping statement? Yes. Everybody woman. 
all women are on there telling stories about how they keep their cars that long. Yeah. One lady got on there and said she had a 2005 Toyota Corolla and it's at 600,000 miles. Yes. What? And we, then people. Yes. Uh, and people said, oh, Ursula, we totally practical. relate to you. Yes, practical. We're being practical. Uh, there were a couple of guys. One guy, Thort, said, um, I-, I think they drive a 1999 vehicle. Now that is impressive. Anyway, if you want to know what we're talking about, Gene <laughs> Ursula Show Facebook page. <laughs> but right now, we're going to talk about tips on what not to do, according to an HR director who writes for Business Insider. Are, are you, are you making are, sure I know about these? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I think you're going to break rule number one, which is <laughs> don't overshare. So the, um, the the thought is that you could get so comfortable with all the people that you work with. You know, you're spending every day with them eight hours a day. In fact, you, you think about it. You spend more time sometimes with your work family than you do your own family at home. Sure. And you get really comfortable and again, I'm not talking about people who are working remote, but you get really comfortable and then you share things that later on you're like, why did I share that? Does long live Mark get on you about oversharing? Only on certain topics and I know which ones to avoid. Okay. He doesn't want to be the butt of our jokes. And I understand that. No, I yeah, totally so, understand Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, he is so cool. My whole family is really cool about me sharing. And I just feel like. Does even, your youngest know that you share about him too? Cause he, I bet you your youngest one would he, be like, he, "Hey, I'd rather you not say anything yeah, about he, me." He understands. I don't do anything to try to embarrass them, but no. I, I think that we're on the radio and we're talking about family matters. And I think to be relatable, you have to kind of open up your own self. I believe. I mean, especially you tell me in if this, I'm, especially yeah. in this job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I try not to tell too many secrets. I don't. But uh, in any case, when it comes to with with people at work, so one of the things is uh, this HR director says, I once told a coworker about issues I was having with my car. Then a couple of months later, an opportunity arose for me to move into a larger scope of work, requiring me to drive to different locations. Then the manager brought it up. See, now that seems dumb. Like talking about a car, that's nothing. But there are certain topics that they lost. A, they lost a promotion from that. I know, right? like, because... Because the manager in his head got it in his mind that, oh, you know what, Lisa's probably going to be having, you know, transportation issues getting here. And this is coming, this is shocking because it came from an HR director. And I'm wondering, like, do you tell your boss, hey, my mom is having a real hard time right now, so I'm taking care of her. You know, she's just out of the hospital. And then does that come up in considerations of, like, hey... Is Brian ready for a promotion? Well, you know, he's got a lot on his plate right now. If I am putting my manager hat on, Mm -hmm. I think it's poor management if someone brings up one problem with a car and you're not going to give them a promotion, then that promotion was not a solid promotion to begin with. Because you're going to figure out a way to make that happen if you really think that person can call it. You can call it poor management, but let's talk in reality. You have a situation where the job requires you to drive all over town. You have two people that you're thinking about. One of them, you know, does not have car issues. And one of them you found out does have car issues. There's probably a good chance that that decision is going to be made subconsciously on the person that doesn't. All because someone overshared. I have a rule. 
I have a very simple rule. Yeah. Anything you say to anybody, you basically are okay with blasting it all over. That's true. Let me give you another one, though. Like, you can't avoid sharing this with your employer, but uh, let's say that you're pregnant, right? And you go to your boss. You say, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm going to be due in nine months. Is your boss going to consider you actively for a promotion they may have been considering offering to you, knowing that you're going to have parental leave coming up, whether you're the woman Generally who's not. pregnant they or the man not. who's going to nope. take leave? Nope. Legally, that can't be held yeah, against yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yes. Okay, uh-huh. the other rule is don't be humble. So they're saying you shouldn't be cocky, but if you're not going to advocate or brag about yourself... Who's going to do it for you? And you might be passed up for a promotion if you are not someone who feels comfortable. Don't assume that your bosses or people around you are going to notice the work that you do. Sometimes you actually have to point it out. Mm. Um, But I think there's, again, fine line. Can I share something with you? Yeah. I think I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to share it again. Okay. Black culture, especially in corporate America. One of the things that it has, we don't say it out loud, but we say it amongst each other. And somebody listening is going to text in and they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, G, you're right. They had this idea of never showing how well you're doing. Right. So this part about don't be humble is actually the opposite. So, for an example, my father, for a long time, did not drive his nice car to work. He always drove his Everyday, we call it the everyday car mm. to work. Like I have an everyday car. I have an everyday car, mm-hmm. right? But you don't drive that Sunday driver, that weekend car to work because you don't want them to see you doing well. So that's why when people because <clears throat> of ahead. what the 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 your fear of losing your job because you're doing better. You're doing well. Okay, well, I'm you got to get I'm, rid of that one. Watch, so no, okay. I no, yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. I think it's way better today. Yeah, I'm just telling you yeah, that that was real, built in. That was yes. built in. Some yeah. real stuff. And what was number three? Uh, don't stick around too long at parties. Man, I ain't coming to the party anyways. That's true. That's that the one true. thing I don't want to do. I'll come hang why, out with why, y'all at work. Why, I do why not. Is that because I, I take it actually, since I'm the only one who actually throws parties here at Cairo. Mm-hmm. And you haven't been to two. Two out of two. Because I've had to work. <laughs> I've had to work. Every time you have a party, I'm going to work. Okay. I'm going to make sure we'll go through the calendar. My next one's going to be when you're not working. The ne- <laughs> Hey, the next time I come over, uh, come to a party, I'm going to bring leftovers from what I had the night previous. Is that good? Don't we have a tequila promise, too? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, what's a tequila promise? I said I was going to bring some tequila. Ursula promised you'd take a shot of tequila. Yes. Oh, did you say that? Yes. Yes. Is that still on the table? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. All right. Uh, scenarios is coming up next. Wait a minute, Ursula. We talked about this. You notice. I give the rules for Valentine's Day and people keep breaking them. Well, in this situation, the husband is mad about the gift that his wife got from the boss. Is there a such thing as an inappropriate gift from the boss? Well, we discuss that next. Gene Ursland.
Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. I thought it was very interesting that Nick plays this music right here before this scenario. Mm. Just thought it was interesting. Okay. All right. It's never an accident with Nick. <laughs> no. <laughs> Always intentional. Okay. So check it out, y'all. My boss bought me a questionable Valentine's Day present, and my husband insisted that I return it in protest. It became a huge fight about this topic. So here's what happened. As I was leaving work last week, he stopped by my desk and thanked me for doing such a good job. He then handed me a giant box of chocolates. Inside was a $100 gift card to Victoria's Secret. I noticed he was handing out other boxes too, but not to everyone. And I have no idea if a gift card was inside for them or not. My husband thinks is completely inappropriate and insists I return it to him and send him a message. I think that raises a problem I don't need to cause with my boss. It could make it awkward. If I ignore it, this passes. I mean, maybe the thought it was a nice thing to be romantic with my husband, and maybe he did it for all of the women in the office. Who knows? I really don't want to ask. On the other hand, if I make a big deal of it, this could probably linger, and then I just really say let it go because, again, I don't know if he got a card for others. My husband says I'm inviting trouble if I don't confront it. What do you all think? 888-973-5476 is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Ursula, you up to bed first. I think your husband might be on to something. So it's obviously causing problems within your own household. You must have a certain feeling in your own gut when you got that gift. It feels inappropriate. A boss should not be giving. I mean, unless... I might say I might feel differently if it was a woman who is happens to be my manager and gives me a Victoria's Secret gift card, knowing that I like going to Victoria's Secret and that would be someplace. But but this is a male boss who is giving uh, someone he supervises a Victoria's Secret card in addition to a box of chocolates. That's just in a, that is inappropriate. What if a female boss did it? What if a That's female- what I said. I mean, I said it all depends. But but even so, someone. Why Victoria's Secret? Why not just a general gift card? If you want to give a gift card, like our company does, a place where if you like Victoria's Secret, maybe you can do it, mm-hmm. but you have your choices. There's something that can be read, and in this case, the husband read into it that the boss may want something more. And then also, the boss openly gives gifts to some employees, but not some others. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it sounds like an HR nightmare, frankly. Does Victoria's Secret only sell draws? Uh, no, you can buy perfumes, you can buy bras, you can buy draws, you can buy... That's what I'm saying. So, technically, you got body sprays, mm-hmm. mist, you know but what I'm saying? a lot of sexual connotation involved. Come what's on. What's sexual about underwear? And bras? What, uh, what's sexual about lingerie? Yeah, it's lingerie. I mean, you can get that from there, but y'all... Okay, she don't be... Please. Gee, you I cannot mean, tell a- me. You cannot tell me. The 513 says they sell more than, than underwear. Yeah. Men aren't aware of that. I wasn't aware that they sold anything other than underwear in that store. And there's nothing that says, I've been thinking about you naked, than a gift card to Victoria's Secret from a man that you have a professional work relationship with. 
Hell no. Yes. As, as, as a husband, <laughs> my wife I, got so, that from her yeah, boss. So what y'all like want to, to do? I would do, uh, you know what I would return do? Return it. Return it, but just say, and, and you can do it in a joking way. Just say, hey, you know what? My husband got a little jealous about this. Remind remind boss, you have a husband. So I'm going to, you know, you can gift it to somebody else, but I'm going to turn return it. Thank you for the thought. Thank you. Awkward silence. Yeah, well, what would you do? Oh, my husband got jealous, so I'm going to have to give that back to you. <laughs> and here's my private cell phone number. <laughs> Nick, what do you got? Well, I don't think there's any holding back on this one for the boss, man. No doubt, full intention on that guy's end. I'd be suspicious if I were on the husband's side, 100%. And the only way I can describe how the boss man is feeling towards this woman, I think i got to run it back. Oh, <laughs> And risky at that, but uh, if you're gonna make the movie, you gotta shoot your shot, you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, there is the subliminal again, voice. Again, of all the places you could have uh, gotten a gift card for, why Victoria's Secret? Why the lingerie shop? Unless you're re-gifting. It's not even a subtle way of shooting your shot. (laughs) Some of you are so generous. It could be something else. You guys are reading into this. I'm just saying. Yeah. For body spray. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree with Rob and Puyallup. Even a female boss would be out of line with Victoria's Secret. Just play it safe. No. Just no. I want to, my, our main, one of our favorites, Ernie and Kent, just said something. And you guys listen to the show all the time. And one thing about this show, there are, there are wins and good topics that we talk about and we engage. But then there's little small wins that I have on the show. And today I have one of those wins. I just got Ursula to say draws. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't say, I don't say it as well as you do. I win. Draws. <laughs> there are bras and draws. <laughs> My day has been made. All right, Chef. It's time for the good stuff coming up at 11 o'clock. It'll be time for Agree to Disagree. Lakewood. Y'all live down in Lakewood? We're bringing up their city council. We'll tell you about that next. Gina Slip. She knows she's built and knows how to please. So enough to knock a strong man to his knees. Cause she's a house. Yeah, she's mighty, mighty. Just letting it all hang out. I like hate a stack, that's a fact. Ain't holding no.